You are listening to the Barbara May Show, the place where we discuss all that really matters. We will cover all you need to know about lifestyle, health, spirituality, and plus so much more. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You are listening to episode 42 with Emma Howard. In this episode, we will talk about Emma's new book, Mystical Thinking, book on how to make your life magical. In my opinion, there has never been a better time to release such a manual. We as a collective are going through a huge spiritual awakening, energetic upgrades, and so much is happening on soul and physical level. And I'm sure everyone who is listening can feel it and you are noticing it. There's just this rise of spiritual awakenings around. If you are new to spirituality or would like to explore how to activate the real magic, this episode is for you. Let's dive in. And before we dive into this episode, I would like to share some exciting news with you. I have recently discovered this wonderful application called the Wisdom app. And Wisdom app is a social audio application for opening access to mentorship. You can connect there with like-minded souls, learn from experts, grow your audience and share your expertise with the rest of the world. Why wouldn't you want to do that, right? And maybe you can even start your own podcast. I would like you to come and join my talk all about crystals and their power next week, Monday, the 13th of December at 12pm GMT on the Wisdom app. All you need to do is download the app, click on the link listed in the show notes, which will direct you straight to my profile. And I cannot wait to see you there. Hi, Emma. Welcome to my podcast. Super excited to have you here today. What are you grateful for? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, yeah, so what am I grateful for? Uh, and while I'm looking out the window at the moment and looking at some amazing, well, a tree in my garden that's turned like an amazing orange, red, yellow situation so I'm pretty grateful for that pretty grateful for autumn and nature and all the good things in life it's quite easy to lose sight of those kind of things at this time of year so it's nice to look outside and just have a bit of gratitude for what's going on outside the window it's so funny everybody like most of my friends around me talk about how much they love autumn and for me this time of year it's like it's so depressing I cannot wait for summer. I really struggle with it and I don't understand how somebody can love autumn. <laughs> so everything is dying, you know, kind of preparing for the sleep. It's true. <laughs> I do understand that. I have a lot of friends who feel the same, but I've always been a real autumn person. I've always loved that um, <laughs> fresh start September thing. I think it's being institutionalised by like years of education. It's like New Year to me, September. And yeah, I love October. When were you born? February. So I'm like, February. I'm a real like autumn winter kid. <laughs> but I do like summer as well. I just, I just think the colours of autumn and when you get one of those amazing crisp autumn sunny days, isn't that like the best weather in the world? No, I do agree with that. When you get that nice crisp, so when there's no grey, I can't deal with grey. That's just, that's just yeah, too grey for me. I do quite like as the nights draw in the slightly decreased lack of FOMO <laughs> comes with it mm. like, I like the sort of oh just you know lock the doors put the fire on kind of thing I'm very excited to talk to you about your book today and I think there has never been a better time to release a book like you did 
So when you talk about a little bit about that, I think we're going through a um, massive um, spiritual awakening. Everybody is and people are accepting it. That there is something else other than work and do, 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 do and, and follow money. So so I, I love your book. It's a great guide on how to start a spiritual journey. Thank you. I'm really glad you like it. I loved writing it and I'm loving the fact that it's out in the world. I'm getting so many amazing emails and DMs on Instagram from people who've read it, loved it, you know, found themselves making changes in their own lives because of it. I, I see it and don't take this in the wrong way, but I see it as a, like a very nice stepping stone. You know, everyone's talking about how to do headstands um, with yoga and how to meditate and how to connect to spirit guides, but nobody actually talks about how to get there from the beginning. Yeah. And I love the journey you went through. Can you talk a little bit about the spiritual awakening and about your journey? Yeah. How did you I mean, get where you where you were when everything you, you just said about the book is very much my intention with it as well. So my the intention always was to to be that stepping stone. I in terms of my own spiritual journey, I I mean it started a, a long time ago. I was a real witchy teenager and I read tarot cards from when I was 14. I was always obsessed with astrology, you know, loved, I loved anything in that kind of sort of magical occult world. But like a lot of things, I think, you know, you get older, you're busy, got two kids, I had a busy job as a journalist, you know, a lot of childhood passions sort of fall by the wayside. And it wasn't until I had a really terrible year in 2017, that I found myself thinking a little bit about, you know, the things I used to love again, like tarot cards. Um, I happened to stumble across my old tarot deck, in fact, in the basement of my house. And it just really got me thinking. And that's so that's how I started my year of mystical thinking in at the beginning of 2018, which was very much a year where I was committing to discovering or rediscovering a different mystical or spiritual practice every month for a year in a bid to make my life better and it worked so yeah my my spiritual journey is both new and old I would say I relate to your story massively because obviously I got two children and and I have the BBC for so many years and before then, I was reading tarot cards, like since I was little. There's a lot of us around. And then you kind of go back to it. But what works for me, and I want you to talk about more, is the vision board. So everything I have got in my life, literally everything, my husband. I'm not into dark hair, man. My husband's got dark hair because I couldn't find a picture in a magazine with a guy with a blonde hair it's so funny even the venue where we got married like every single thing in my on my vision board came true so can you give an idea to listeners on how to do vision boards what are they all about how you use them because I know you use them throughout the whole year the mystical yeah. thinking wasn't just some idea which happened over a couple of weeks you devoted intention mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of thought was put into it. So can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, that's the first thing I did, actually, to, to launch my mystical year. I made a vision board. I'd never made one before. I, I do still make them now, though. And the way I did it was drew a big infinity symbol, which is like a sideways um, figure of eight on a, a massive piece of card. And I got my kids involved in this, too. They made their own. 
And I wrote everything that I wanted to let go of on one side of the card, everything I wanted to invite into my life on the other. And then I covered the whole thing in pictures from magazines and newspapers and stuff I printed out. And I've made vision boards in lots of different ways since that first one. But that first one, I just, I didn't even really think about the pictures. I just picked any old picture that I like the look of. Now I get a little bit more specific, a bit, a bit like you're saying, like now I'll be like, hmm, that dress or <laughs> this um, particular island in the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, back then I just put images I like the look of. But the strange thing was that as I got to the end of the year, I look by looking back at the vision board, I could see that so many things, images that I just like the look of had become realities. I just put loads of pictures of like beaches and freedom and, you know, just happy, lovely. I suppose I just put pictures on there that symbolize being happier and making life feel more magical and finding inner peace. And that's, you know, what happened to me. But yeah, vision, vision boards are amazing. It's such a simple way to represent your you know desires or things you want to bring into your life yeah you know it's like a like attracts like or fake it till you make and that's what that's what it is it's I think that's the basic of uh, of manifesting you have to feel it mm. for it to come into your life I remember when I when I did my vision board it was a year when I was incredibly happy um, and I decided that on in that year because I bought my first property and in that year, I'm not going to travel anywhere. But I had all these magazines and I love exactly like, you know, the pictures of beaches, beautiful mountains and, and et cetera. And I have put this picture of, um, of this hill or mountain or whatever on the side. It looked like it was like oh, somewhere in Spain. And, uh, and obviously I wanted to get married and I wanted to attract the man of my dreams to my life. And, um, and within, um, well, I was, I was laying on my bed and I had an infant of me, which I wanted to dive into later as well of how they work. And I have received a message from this guy and I, and I look at the message, I'm reading the message, I'm looking at the vision board. I'm thinking, the guy who's texting me, is, he looks exactly like the guy on a vision board. And I said to my friend, I said, I said, it's him. And she says, <laughs> what, what are you on about? And I said, that's the guy I'm going to marry. And it's so funny, within three months he proposed to me and he has taken me on a holiday where we went on a hike on not exactly the same mountain, but the mountain looks exactly the same way, like on my vision board. I had my vision board in front of me, so I always seen it when I walking up, I had it in front of me. Um, and there are so many people who are into like a Pinterest vision boards, but I don't really feel they work. What's your opinion on that? I think they can work. Um, it really depends on what speaks to you the most, whether you're the kind of person who needs to see something physically or not. But I'd say any vision board is better than no vision board. So if you've only got the time and energy to quickly do it on Pinterest, I would just do it on Pinterest. But what did you attract with your vision board? For those people who haven't read the book yet, what is it that, that works mean, for you? I don't want to ruin the later chapters of the book, but I basically attracted a, like a long weekend in Australia. I know it's really, it sounds really ridiculous. And it's the kind of thing that at the start of the year, I would not have been doing but my um one of my oldest friends was getting married in Byron Bay and she sent me an invitation and I know when she sent me the invitation it was like you know you're thousands of miles away in the UK of course you're not coming but I love you and I wish you could come and something about that year and that not necessarily the vision board but I think the vision board was very much part of it some something about you know my whole mystical year 
just made me question that. And whereas I wouldn't normally have questioned it, like, why, why can't I go to my friend's wedding? Like, it, it was ridiculous. I literally, I went to Australia for, for five days. It was really expensive. I mean, I put the flights on my credit card. It was bonkers. But something, I don't know, something flicked in me. And I think, you know, it was all part of it. And yeah, there I was at the wedding going, this actually happened. It was amazing. So how soon the vision board started working for you after you did it? I think it started working straight away. The second I made it, I, my, this can make me sound like such a spoiled brat who went on loads of um, holidays that year, but I, I really did, which is what was so weird about the vision board because I'd picture, put loads of pictures of beaches, but honestly, about two days after I made it, my mother-in-law, so the, one of the reasons why 2017 was such a bad year is because my husband's father died. And about two days after I'd made the vision board, my mother-in-law phoned us all up and was like, I want to relive some of my best travel memories, um, you know, with her late husband. Uh, I'm going to take you all to Sri Lanka later this year. So within like two days of me putting beaches on my vision board with no, you know, idea that I was going to be going anywhere, I was like, oh, I'm going to Sri Lanka at the end of the year. What about your relationship with yoga? Because I think that's quite interesting and I believe that many people will relate to that. Yeah, so a yoga for me is, it's another one of the things I was rediscovering because I've done, um, well, I've practiced yoga. You don't do yoga. Um, I've practiced yoga since I was 18. So this was that, it was really for me just getting back into it again. You know, I've done loads of yoga, different styles been really committed for periods of my life been totally not practicing at all for periods and um you know this was the year that I was determined to make it a regular part of my life again and I did and it was all about the Monday evening class I love when you talk about in the book you're talking about how difficult it was for you to commit to to the hour you know like yeah. It's just so difficult to, to do that. Your mind is just very busy because originally you're a journalist and all that kind of stuff. So you have loads of ideas. There's like loads of creativity going on there. And somebody just pin you to that mat and tell you, well, this is the 60 minutes. And, you know, just like that kind of that combination of um, mind and body connection. It's just so difficult. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people re really relate to that. Yeah, that story because you know quite often people do feel like but it's a whole hour and 15 minutes like how am I meant to find the time for that yeah yoga is is the kind of like the thread that connects it all I always think it's not for everyone and it doesn't have to be for everyone and that's a really important part of my book's message is like you don't have to practice yoga to make your life feel magical again it's completely optional but for me it's it's very important so in a mystical thinking, you're talking about the months of the year because everything is just based around the year. So it's like for those who haven't got the book yet, please do get that. It's all about, it's this guide for you how to get on the spiritual path and manifest and activate the energy and activate the soul pretty much. You can just talk to listeners and tell them what they can look forward to. In a kind of month by month sense, and we've already covered the, the January, which was vision boards and yoga. And then in February, February is a, one of my favorite months because that was the month I discovered crystal sound baths and they're like my favorite thing ever now and I also discovered my spirit guide with a lovely mystic called Tamara Dreesen you can find her on Instagram uh, she she runs those sessions still sometimes 
and in March I uh, had a little bit of a meltdown because <laughs> I had too much work on so in March March is probably my most like practical chapter because it's all about everyday magic and I had to I, everything was so hectic work was crazy kid stuff was crazy I just had to find ways to you know make the mundane magical turn routines into rituals so you'll find a lot of very practical easy advice in the March chapter um, for kind of squeezing spirituality into very hectic lifestyles. April is all about the moon which is another you know of my sort of biggest take-homes from the whole mystical year it's like learning to live in tune with the cycles of the moon and in May I got really into meditation which is another was another rediscovery thing um but probably you know something I'm not ashamed to admit I actually find quite difficult I don't find it as difficult now as I did but I was you know always getting distracted mind whirring it took me a well you'll read all about it in the chapter but it you know took me a good while to work out how to make that work for me June I'm going to struggle going to struggle to remember all the content now but June was all about cards tarot cards and oracle cards and that's a lovely a lovely chapter actually because you know I, I really believe in the power of that for like you know 15 pounds you can buy yourself an oracle deck and just have that to shuffle and pull a card for a bit of guidance uh, on a daily basis which is amazingly accessible and and the other thing that's really important to me throughout the book was to make things as accessible as possible because not everyone has loads of time or loads of money or the option to disappear off on a retreat somewhere exotic as much as we'd all love to. July I had an amazing crystal reading so that was a, a lot about discovering how to use crystals as a guidance tool and I also had that rather magical Reiki treatment that month and then in August I was really getting back into astrology which is one of my first loves. September I've written a lot about being an empath sort of learning to tune into your own intuition and to learn the difference between your intuitive voice and your inner critic so there's quite a lot of stuff in that chapter about that which I know is another another chapter people really seem to connect with. I've had a lot of people send messages going it's like you're talking about me when they read that which is nice I feel like that when you were explaining this story I was just thinking oh my goodness the source yeah. is stuff <laughs> yeah you know I think I just think there's lots of people who have the same basically my sort of my kind of soul gift if that doesn't sound too annoying to say is is writing I can like express things in in words I'm at, like I'm much better typing than I am speaking really it kind of comes through my fingers and it's always been that way even just as a journalist you know I never knew what the article really was until it came through my fingers and um, almost like it's channeled or something which maybe sounds a bit woo-woo but um yeah so but by being able to express how I feel about something I think it just connects with other people because there are lots of other people who all feel the same but yes back to the chapter so October is the magical manifestation chapter where I ended up on my crazy um going to Australia for the weekend which it does sound bonkers but it was amazing it felt like a month-long month spa break um, and November was all about um, magic and spiritual activism. I think basically by November, I got a little bit sick of my own navel gazing <laughs> and I decided I needed to find ways to give back more. 
which I think is another really important um, thread that runs through my book, you know, not just not just the idea of making things accessible and, um, you know, sort of ignoring this whole idea of everything needing to be perfect, um, but also, you know, paying it forward. You know, we're not we're not all starting from the same page. I think that's something I've always tried to really recognize throughout the book that sometimes a lot of manifestation is just privilege in action. I mean, including a lot of my own. So I try to be quite mindful of that in the book and make sure things are accessible to everyone. And by December, December is quite a funny chapter actually, because it's all about, um, it has loads of flashbacks to like Christmas stress and then new ways. December is all about Christmas basically, and how I used to find it super stressful, and how I found ways to slow down and and find you know that hectic festive season more enjoyable and really you know sort of slowing down enough to celebrate those wheel of the year in ancient celebrations uh, specifically because they're a lot less stressful no one ever like fell into a comparison spiral over the autumn equinox so yeah I'm really into you know, following, celebrating those smaller, smaller, less well-known celebrations. There's a lot of information about how you can do that in the book, in the December chapter. I don't know, it's basically just like, it's just a long, a long old journey of, of everything I did. And there are so many things I didn't do, you know, that other people might find really work for them. There's lots of suggestions. There's a whole source book at the back of the book, which is full of all my recommendations for books and podcasts and people to follow on Instagram and shops, everything. Everything I did that I found useful is in there. What I love about the book is that um, you have matched the energies of the months. And I talk about this a lot. It's about, um, it's about for example, the tarot class, about a fool's journey. So every there is a card which stands for every month. Like when you're mm. talking about the September, it's like kind of entering the time of hermit, you know, like kind of looking to um ourselves and also we were talking about the empathy and then we were talking about the stress um in the margin stuff like that and many people relate to those two um astrology when they like the, the zodiac zodiac sign so no i love it i think it's absolutely fantastic it's it's a it's a great guide thank you so much for being on my podcast where can listeners find you and get in contact with you um so the best place to find me is probably instagram and i am at mystical thinking on there i'm also at mystical thinking on facebook if people are still using that <laughs> um i'm on twitter but i don't really post anything on twitter so i wouldn't do that and then my website is mysticalthinking.com um, and you can buy my book everywhere amazon waterstones all the places uh, globally. Thank you so much, Emma. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you for being here. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. It was the last one for this year. If you love my podcast, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes store. When you subscribe to my show, it means that all my episodes will pop up in your library and you don't need to search for them. And you will also be notified when my new episode comes out in January. Until next time, with so much love, light and gratitude, your host, Barbara May.